All right, uh, so I had a great trip uh, to Europe, uh, Switzerland, Italy, and Israel. Israel, not officially being in, in, in Europe, of course, but nevertheless, it was a great trip. It was almost two months long, and I want to share some thoughts about that. Uh, but in the meantime, I want to talk a little bit about, um, you know, really, I, I kept abreast of all the news, of course, and it was so exciting to see Trump doing so many great things, including this recent uh, Mexico trade deal. And anyway, I think good things are happening. And it's interesting, so many of our detractors, and I'm thinking about John McCain and, uh, you know, some co political commentators out there. They're like so hell bent on wanting to make sure that they are not with this very, uh, uh, you know, boorish and inappropriate man named Donald Trump. You know, they they they're not like him, and they're sophisticated. You know, sophisticated. Uh, yeah, sophisticated. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know that's not a real word. I'm 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 purposefully using sophisticated, uh, but they're really you know sophisticated these guys, and uh, and they want you to know it. Thank you very much. Um, and so they, they really just hammer uh, Trump because, you know, he's not sophisticated. And he says these boorish things, uh, these boorish things like what he did with John McCain and the POW issue and, and everything like that. Okay. So, and you have commentators like Michael Medved who spend, I think, an inordinate amount of time speaking about exactly those kinds of things. And we're better than that. And, and again, it's not to to pile on Michael Medved, Medved, but there are many like him uh, and other Republicans like them, and especially the Senate and the Congress. So to me, you know, and I was all over Europe to, um, on this issue, and people were saying, do you like this, President Trump? And even some Israelis, but Israelis are generally speaking very pro-Trump. But to the Europeans, I said this. I said, listen, what would you rather have? A man that acts a little boorish in his tweets and, you know, in the middle of the night says, you know, somebody looks ugly or fat or whatever, or a man that, or a woman for that matter, who destroys emails, uh, sells secrets of the country to other people, uh, and sells her influence to other people, um, and, and, other, and otherwise, uh, you know, targets you for being conservative or tries to silence you and then pretends that that's all ordinary business. What would you rather have? Because I can tell you that Trump doesn't do the latter at all, okay? I'll take the boorish guy any day of the week. Then that elegant guy who smiles at you in such a pleasant way while he's kicking you in the, in the crotch, okay? I don't need that crap. And they, they kind of nod their heads like, interesting point. Didn't think of it that way, right? Because it's not the way you talk and the way you walk in, uh, to be a leader, it's what you do, okay? And that's what Trump does so well. He is a man of action, and he does it well, and he loves this country. He loves limited government. He is limiting it more and more every day. That's my guy. And he loves God. He loves Christians. He loves Jews. He loves Israel, and he loves America. And he's making America great again. How about that? What's wrong with that? Now, you can say it's... Uh, uh, what are you talking about? It was uh, it was never great to to quote what's his name uh, Cuomo, the governor, right? Um, or uh, why was it, you're, you're you're implying it was somehow not great, and we're going back to the greatness? Well, yeah, I am implying that. I'm saying it directly. In fact, that's what the motto is, and I think he's got it exactly right. But you cannot deny that 
a much better economy where consumer confidence is now at, at a higher level than it's been in 40 years, okay? And that black unemployment, and I specifically black unemployment, has, is, is at its lowest for 50 years. And regular general unemployment is down to its lowest since I think 20 years. Uh, you cannot possibly tell me that that is somehow a bad thing. And oh, oh P.S., our GDP is clipping at well above 3% now quarterly uh, on a regular basis. So don't, don't give me this crap about his tweets and things like this. And he could have been a lot more elegant. Can we translate one thing that I think is said over and over for your clarity? Uh, when you say percentage points of GDP, you and I might sort of understand what that means. But correct, oh, sure. me, correct me if, if this is how it works. Every point of GDP, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, is $1 trillion to the economy, something like that. Yeah, I think it's actually more than that. Yeah, um, so if you divide $1 trillion by 300 yeah. million people, yeah. you come up with uh, several thousand dollars per person yeah, of value it's, it's, in it's the economy. It's not bad. You're not doing badly. Uh, it's a lot of money. Yeah, involved. the point is 1.6% mean, growth is something like 10 grand or 20 grand per person, something in that. Right. When you're up at 4% plus, probably by the end of his eight years, five, maybe 6% if things hum around that they could without Democrat uh, slowdown, you're talking about 80, 90, $100,000 per person of value to the economy. It's it's extraordinary. It's really a great stuff. And, you know, remember when Obama talked about 1.6 or 2% on a good day uh, during his normal. eight years. As the new normal. Yeah. Exactly right. And that's where I was going. Like, no, that's not ever normal. And just because you decide, because we're going to just put the, the brakes on this economy and put the boot on your neck all the time. And then they're, it, that's like, here's what it's like saying, where somebody puts the their boot on your neck and you're gasping for air, but you're getting some air, right? right? <laughs> you're, you're, you're not dead. You're not totally suffocated. And they'll and you're saying, please, more air. And they'll say, well, well that's just the new normal. Right. <laughs> that's, that, <laughs> that's what it's yeah, like. Yeah, get used right? to it. Get so, used to it's it. just the new normal. But it's can fine. you take your boot off my neck, please? Because <laughs> yeah. I don't like this new normal. That's, that's the thing. He creates this bizarre, suffocating... Um, circumstances, and then claims uh, that's the new normal. Yeah, and for eight years, this millennial generation gets used to it, thinks it's normal, then Trump comes around. In two years, people start having money, and the millennial idiots start resisting. Yeah. Well, it's, I, it's, I mean, how backwards is that? It's, it's and also, I mean, they're, they're, they're children in the same way, of, like they have very wealthy parents who sent them to private school, have given them the best clothing, the best food, the best whatever, education, and then they, they resist later on, right? And they are so ungrateful. They have no concept of how good they have it. Let me, let me move to the, the kind of point, the general point, and then I want to talk about Europe and Israel for a second. The, the thing that I've noticed, and we're talking about Medved and people like that who are constantly apologizing for Trump, and, you know, look, I get it. Um, Medved and, and other ones like him want to show themselves as, you know, honest brokers. Yes, they're conservative, but by golly, you know, they, they're going to call it out like it is uh, because, you know, that's what they're all about, their truth, you know. And so, 
So you know, Medvedev will say things, and he's he's very eloquent. I mean, let's you can't you can't deny. Oh him yeah, that. the sentence that's strung together yeah, makes very, a lot of sense. Beautiful subjects, predicates, great. But he'll <laughs> say things like, uh, you know, we're better than this, aren't we? You know, and, and, to, and my response is. I mean, this is pretty damn good as it is. I'm, I'm perfectly happy with a tough leader like Trump. I want him to be brash with the, the rest of the world. I want to go to his rallies and say, rah, rah, siskumba with him. I, we're, it's not about Trump. It's about America. And I'm on the Trump train, as it were, not because I'm a sycophant for Trump. Far from it. I know that he's just a human being. He knows he's just a human being. He doesn't think he's some sort of um, he's not, and he's not gunning for some sort of ideological superiority that, that he can somehow be a, a cult of personality. He's not doing that at all. He's, he, not once has he said, follow me and I will grant you great things. Be one with me and, and, and expect big Trump photographs all over the place like, like Che Guevara and, um, and Obama had for that matter and Der Fuhrer had during his time or Mussolini. No, no, no. He, he's, he's there solely for the sake of America. And that's what I love about him. And that's great stuff. That's what we should be doing. Now, when people say Trump this, Trump, you know, the conservatives themselves, well, we need to be, you know, very straight about why he's, he's not perfect and we need to call him out on this and otherwise people won't take us seriously. You know what? Shut up. How about that? Because here, and I'm not, I'm not saying that anyone should censor themselves, of course, but understand we have plenty of enemies, plenty right? Trump has enough enemies as it is. They'll do that work for us fine, okay? They're called CNN, MSNBC, New York Times, Washington Post, and so forth, okay? They will do all that work. You don't have to do it, okay? What you can do, because what, what he does need, he needs cheerleaders for what Trump is doing. And whatever Trump does negatively, you can simply say, that's nothing, Okay, he's not perfect, but that's not the point. Here's what he's, he has done. And this, in that sense, he reminds me of Israel, right? The, the Jews, the many liberal Jews that I know, who are not anti-Israel, of course, but they're very hot to trot about, well, we dis they disagree with what the government in Israel is doing, and, and you know, never mind that they're being totally brainwashed by the liberal media. Yeah, or that Israel needs to show restraint. Right, yeah, restraint or the settlement issues and the occupation, the so-called occupation. They, they talk these talks, but, you know, I, I, you know, as a Jew, I want to be right, and I, you know, I want to make sure that, to be honest, don't worry about it. The, the, the haters of Israel will always bring up Every issue that you're now pointing out, don't you worry, my friend. What Israel needs are friends to show all the greatness of Israel, what the good things that Israel does, because we do not have enough ambassadors to point that out. That's what your job is right now. Yeah. Okay? It, it also raises... If, if there were nobody talking about uh, negative things about Donald Trump, nobody, and everyone was siskumba, rah-rah siskumba about Donald Trump... Okay, then you can bring up. Listen, I, I, I'm glad you all, you guys all like Donald Trump, and I'm with you 100. percent You know, I'd like him to kind of moderate the tweets a little bit. And you're the only one saying it. Fine, okay, but don't worry, everyone's saying it. Yeah. The the other thing, and the reason the Israel analogy holds so well is because Israel's enemies aren't just. Uh, going around saying, well, we disagree with the government. We're, we'd like to see some changes in the settlement policy. No, they're blowing themselves up and putting glass in Israeli kids' eyeballs. 
Yeah. You understand? They're not acting yeah. above board with good values themselves, right? And the same is true of the Democrat Party here. Yeah. Have you seen the behavior of the Democrats recently? Have you seen how violent they are? Yeah. They are not acting in good faith. Right. They well, they never have. But the level of bad faith they're operating now in is beyond all beyond. I mean, I want I got a um, Make America Great Again hat. Mm-hmm. And I brought it home and I thought and, oh, uh, P.S. Bless you for it. Go ahead. I, I played full price for it. Bless me. <laughs> Uh, I thought it would be great. I'll wear this hat and I'll go shopping at Whole Foods Market in Venice. I wonder okay. what will happen. Right. And my wife said, no, you're not. I go, yeah, I am. What's the problem? She said, they will beat the you-know-what out of you. Right. And I went, you know what? You're right. These people, these Democrats, are so lost morally. And I'm not engaging in not wearing a hat as a form of self-censorship. It's common sense. It's not. It's it's the same as I don't drive to uh, a bad neighborhood in South Central LA and leave the keys on top of the car and walk away, right. and then worry about the car being stolen. I know it's going to get stolen. Or dress simply as a, as a beautiful woman in a very bad area. Yeah, I I know that these people are violent. And I'd love to promote, provoke their reaction and capture it on video. But you know what else I want to do? I want to be able to eat solid food for the next five years. <laughs> I want to be able to walk. I know. I know. And They're the crazy. level of violence that the left and I'm sorry, I hate that term. I'm sorry, the wrongness and the Democrat Party have whipped themselves and their adherents into is so dangerous that. The idea that people are going to criticize Donald Trump for his tweets, which, by the way, are brilliant. If you don't like his tweets, you're not reading his tweets. That's Every morning, I agree this dude goes on a tweet storm, and he takes everything that the mainstream media has been ignoring and hammers the goddamn public with it. Right. Every issue— Bruce Orr, the the witch hunt, the this, the that. Absolutely right. Every issue under the sun. And he makes it so that the media, by attacking his tweets, invariably has to expose the issues to their audiences, which is brilliant. But the point is, it's it's like Chris, like you're saying, instead of criticizing Donald Trump for his alleged conduct, which there's nothing wrong with, these leftist commentators, uh, I'm sorry, so-called conservative commentators who are acting like leftists, should hold and aim their fire at the leftist violent mobs that are raging our country. And not only that, but when you point out, as I have done on Facebook a couple times, you you recall on Facebook I I posted this... Thing about how outrageous the the Antifa movement has has gotten. It's growing, uh, and they're dangerous, and they silence conservative speakers, and you know, for that matter, they silence any, anybody that they don't like, and they wear hooded masks and such. Not unlike, in fact, exactly like the brown shirts of uh, Nazi Germany That's, and the Triple K. Yeah, that, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you know, I point this out, and they say, "Huh? Never heard about them." You know, they, they don't. They don't even know these people are so brainwashed. The CNN and um, MSNBC and, and those guys, they, they don't cover the Antifa stories. Well, they actually covered them yesterday. You know how they covered them, though? You've been in Europe. You might have missed this. CNN did their first, said the word Antifa for the first time I've ever heard, calling it, criticism of Antifa is the equivalent of racism because Antifa is a mostly black organization. Oh, I see. All right, so but but that's that's my point. Right, that, it's that, a total warp on reality. It's a warp. So and not only that, but I, I talked to a couple of liberal friends of mine, and I said, you know, don't you think that 
it, George Soros, for example, doing spending all this money, you know, funding Black Lives Matter and the Antifa movement and other uh, efforts to create to to stir up chaos in our American society and and abroad. Don't you think that that's that's dangerous stuff? I mean, a lot of these things are organized by him, and they say the following: Who's George Soros? They don't even know. This man is is one of the. I mean, it's the equivalent of not knowing who Donald Trump is or who Hillary Clinton is. He is a major force in the progressive movement and, for that matter, the destruction of America. So uh, very odd, the whole thing. We, we need fighters for Donald Trump, for the conservative way, for America, for Israel, for Christianity, for Judaism. There are plenty of people who are ready to attack uh, uh, so don't worry about that, guys. Okay? Yeah. Spend you your don't time. have to be. Spend your time because there's that. That. Let's put it this way. That market is being met. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> don't worry. Okay. <laughs> the anti-Israel market is right. is well uh, um, served. It's well being met. It's very, very weird. Yeah, it's like hack jokes, just another Johnny come lately to an already crowded party. Yeah. And so when you. When you start saying things against Donald Trump, you know, I really don't like his tweets or whatever it might be, okay, ask yourself this. Why am I doing this? Is it, is it because you want to be liked by your liberal friends? Do you want to look reasonable to your liberal friends? Because I'll tell you something. They don't see it that way. They see you as a schmuck. They see you as somebody uh, that is now about to turn into the Liberal Party because you realize you are seeing the light of how stupid and evil this Donald Trump is, and he's just about to turn. Don't you worry. Okay, that's the way they think. Okay? Isn't, isn't this... And, and they'll, they will also use it against you yeah. later on. The, the, instead of... You instead of them thinking about you, you know what that uh, that Barack Lurie, he sure is reasonable, and he now um, he's making me think about being conservative because if he could be so open-minded, well maybe I should be too. Okay, that's not the way they think. That's okay? right. That's maybe the way you think, but that's not the way they think. Okay. Yeah. And they so, will, uh, you, they will we, use it against you. Don't we call that magical thinking, right? Yeah, it totally is. out of reality. And you know what? A perfect segue to the following word and name. John McCain. Wasn't he the poster boy of that? The maverick. The one who spoke truth to power. The, oh, one, yeah. the one who always voted against tax cuts. The one who was pro-choice. Runs in 2008. Well, my friends, you're going to like me too, right? <laughs> no, they called him a racist in yeah, 2008. Right. I, I love the revisionism of this week. The 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 lying in state. They're they're celebrating like a state funeral as if he was George Washington, right? Right. Less than six months ago, even as a guy opposed to Trump, he was just another racist Republican, too. Yeah, Saving right. Obamacare didn't well, make them love him. To, to use a John Kerry phrase, you know, um, they hated him before they loved him. Yeah. Right? That, that's exactly yeah, what it they is. Loved him. They only loved him now that he's dead. Yeah. Okay. Oh, no, they loved him while he was bashing Trump in yes. the, the last few months of his but life. But they really love him now that he can't, uh, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah he's... He's, uh, he's, he did he's, the best thing any Republican can ever do for them. He died. Listen, no, well, look, let me just say this. John McCain, uh, you know, he was exceptional during the Vietnam War. Okay. <laughs> now, I, I want to ask you a little bit more about that in a moment because. I'm vomiting. Okay. <laughs> All right. Now we have. But, uh, and I, I don't think that Trump should have done the tweet, that one tweet, but that's not, not neither here nor there. I'm not even trying to look reasonable. That's not the point. The point is that John McCain. 
Uh, I just wish he'd never gone into politics in the first place. Just he should have been a war hero and be done with it, and then retired selling insurance or something. I, I, but politics was just not your bag, baby. Okay, you didn't belong there. You you voted in strange ways, and being a maverick and going against your party doesn't make you doesn't make anything special out of you. It doesn't make you a hero whatsoever. And and you voted for this, and you, in fact, you created this McCain-Feingold bill, which is one of the biggest disasters uh, financially and also to our uh, threats to our democracy by limiting campaign contributions. I think that was just very wrong, and he should have known better. And but of course, you know, he's, he's like uh, the um, the colonel from the bridge over the river Kwai. You know, he's not about to destroy the the bridge that is uh, is the very thing that he built. Right? That's that's the last thing he wants. And and worse than that, in a sense, is he casts the deciding vote against the repeal of Obamacare. That I can never uh, forgive him for. Yeah. Do you understand the full irony of that? I, yeah. I think you do. This is the guy yeah. in 2008 who's running against Barack Obama. Right. To prevent just Barack say Obama. Obama. Just say Obama. Just no Barack, Barack Hussein. Obamas. Sorry. Hussein Obama. Thank okay. you. Barry Hussein. Zero gay Barry, you know. Jeez, oh, please. <laughs> anyway, he's running against him, right? That With- is not necessarily the opinions of this talker right now. But go ahead. Obama. Orientation is not opinion. Haven't you been to college campus recently? Okay. (laughs) Anyway. Oh, um, man. (laughs) We're going to get so much flack for this. I hope so, but that's called listeners. So anyway, he's running against Zero Gay, right? And uh, you think that if you're running against the guy, you're there to prevent that guy from doing what he's going to do if, God forbid, he becomes president of the United States, right? right? And, and that's the Obamacare so, thing. So the, the main legacy of the guy he was running against, who at the very moment that he started to win, he decided to puss out and surrender, right. you know, in the financial, whatever that was, happened. And when I say whatever it was, because I, I got I'm stuff gonna, on that. I'm going to suspend my campaign. Yeah, I'm right. going to suspend. Because I'm going to look reasonable and work with my friend, Barack Hussein Obama, to save this country, because we got to destroy capitalism to save it. Um, <laughs> I see. My friend. So he, he he's running against this. He pusses out, allows Obama to win. Is told during the Obamacare conversations when he had his suggestion for free market capitalism, Zero Gay looks at him and goes, John, I won. I know. It's Remember a, that? It's so he's treated horribly, but he's actually treated horribly by Obama. Right. Yeah, Trump said a mean thing about him, said, but didn't do anything to him. Yeah. Barack Obama Correct. actually did horrible things to him. Right. Right. <laughs> And then he saves Obama's legacy right. with a big smile on his brain cancer-ridden face of total spite. No, and then one more thing: Do you remember what John McCain's um, 2008 presidential campaign slogan was? Do you Tell remember? Me. Tell me. It, I forget. Here's the here's the trash cans you can vomit right, when I right, tell right. you. Go, just tell me. It was country first. Uh huh. Did he put his country first when he voted to save Obama's of legacy? Not, he, of course not. No, but but people people people's ability to yeah. rationalize and uh, give give themselves great kudos for things that are just so bizarre uh, is beyond imagination, right? So that's what the, that's what how you can angle that with uh, John McCain. The thing about it is it, it was so clear he, whether he realizes it or not that. Uh, 
his efforts, especially toward the end of his life, uh, were so clearly dis- uh, acting out of spite for Donald Trump. Never mind the country. Country first was, was certainly right, like the your, last that's thing on his mind. He could not care less. All he cared about is how can this hurt Donald Trump, and he took that path. Yeah, and I don't now, care who else in the country gets hurt and, by and, this. And, the, yeah. and the irony is, it, it ended up being, it ended up being, that John McCain was like some fly that thought it was going to, you know, destroy that elephant. Okay, <laughs> he's going <laughs> to zoom in like a kamikaze. He will. <laughs> and now, it, you, you th- oh, did you just call John McCain a kamikaze pilot? Because yeah. that's worse than calling Obama a homosexual. <laughs> this is a guy who actually crashed a plane. <laughs> God. He actually wanted to. I mean, really, he 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 figured. I mean, you know, kamikaze is, is appropriate because he was going to destroy his own legacy by trying to destroy uh, Donald Trump. <laughs> But it turns out that Donald Trump didn't even care. No. Because he destroyed Obamacare anyway. Yeah. By, by getting rid of the individual mandate. There is no Obamacare, my friends. My friends, as you say. My friends. <laughs> but there is no Obamacare. Really, it's, it's, for all intents and purposes, it's done. There's no need to seek a repeal of Obamacare at this point. So he could be, uh, McCain could go smiling and grinning all day long. But what did you think, Senator McCain, when you cast that deciding vote against the repeal of Obamacare? Did you think that Trump was going to go, oh, gosh, shucks golly, I guess I got to stick with Obamacare. We all got to suffer now. Did you really think that? Because I'll tell you, Trump very quickly said, OK, next way to destroy Obamacare. And he found it. And that was that. Thank you. Have a nice day. That's exactly what happened. Yeah, and you know, that's such a perfect point to make because I think that covers both the Democrats and the Antifa and the resistance and these idiot so-called conservatives and anti-Trump Republicans that they don't understand about this guy. Um, There was once a football player named Joe Montana. Do you remember what Joe Montana was famous for? Joe Montana always won. One of his co-players said, the guy's John Wayne. He doesn't lose. And you know, what everyone needs to know, and Trump got people know it, and I've learned this the hard way by learning that this is true. Donald Trump is John Wayne. Yeah. The guy doesn't lose. Right. He will not lose. He doesn't lose. Right. He's not going to lose in 2020. They're right. not going to win in 2018. Right. I don't care what they do. Right. Okay? It's, and, and McCain... What a perfect analogy, because you know on Twitter I call him Elmer Fudd Magoo McCain. So I'm combining like four or five Looney Tune characters all in one. But remember what happened with Elmer Fudd? He pointed his shotgun at Bugs Bunny. Bugs would take his finger, (laughs) plug up the shotgun, and then it would blast right into Elmer Fudd's face. That's what McCain does. Oh, that showy rabbit. I know my friend Donald Trump. This is for you. (laughs) Blammo. Things backfire on him. Look, that, that's the bottom line is that the, it's the party of irony, right? And he, he stepped into it. The John McCain wanted to be loved. And the, the, there's almost nothing more dangerous than wanting to be loved. You, I, I, I much prefer dealing with a direct enemy, whether that's Iran or uh, North Korea or, uh, you know, Castro from Cuba, than somebody that professes to be doing good for my country and uh, and doing everything he can actually to destroy it, not re- not realizing it even even then. So John McCain, listen, I wish you to rest in peace, uh, but you did a lot of damage to the country. We we have to face it. Okay, his legacy is will only inure 
uh, to the benefit of the Democrats. It'll only uh, be, he'll only be looked kindly upon by the Democrats. And from now on, they'll say, I was really a John McCain, uh, you know, if, if anything, if John McCain ran again, I, I think I would vote for him because right. he's the kind of man that I could, I could really respect. Yeah. I hate the Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump Republicans, but John McCain, that's the kind of Republican I would have yeah, voted can, for. Yeah, exactly. it, no, you wouldn't. Yeah, no. No, you, if he was so great, why didn't you vote for him? In t- My God, that rhymes. If he was so great, why didn't you vote for him in 2008? Right. <laughs> that's right. Because <No>, <laughs> you did. No, but they completely, you know, they forget their history as they yeah. always do. And, you know, the, the Democrats are like, I mean, I was joking around about this a little bit. Um, they, they, they move about forgetting everything that happened just five years before. We talked about or this five the, minutes, the bubble, ago, five minutes yes. ago, right? But, but to be fair, like, I mean, I talked about this, my, my latest version uh, against atheism, Atheism Destroys, where people are, uh, you know, they, they forget the, the goodness that has been achieved in this case by Christianity and Judaism, of course. And then when it goes away and it goes into horrific Sodom and Gomorrah's territory, then they say, oh, well, maybe you should re- revisit the Christianity and Judaism. You'll see that's exactly what's going to happen. Um, and it reminds me of, you know, the, what is it? The, uh, not the cicadas, but the uh, locusts, right? They come every 17 years. Well, the cicadas come every 17 years. Locusts come, I don't know if it's 17, but it's on the same kind of path. Whatever. It's, it's a weird cycle. And when they have that weird cycle and it hits, then they eat everything. Yeah, they eat everything, okay? Yeah. Now, but imagine uh, you're being an animal, a different animal, let's say a squirrel. Squirrels don't live 17 years, okay? And you, uh, you've been around the planet for, uh, let's say they live six, six years, okay? A squirrel. And uh, you've been on the planet for, I don't know, four years or so. And everything looks, it's hunky-dory, you understand the world. And suddenly, boom, these, these locusts <laughs> come out of nowhere. And they're slowly attacking you. And you don't know what to do with yourself. And you think, okay, well, you know, but it's a food supply. And it's just, this is bonnet from heaven. But, of course, they don't know what we know. That, guess what, it's, it's every 17 years like this. And that's okay. I mean, that's, but nevertheless, they have no idea. They have no frame of reference, right? And, and so it is with the Democrats, okay? They're like that squirrel, especially the millennials, right? They have no idea, for example, about Ronald Reagan. They don't know what it takes to make a great economy. That great economy is limited government. They've gotten so used to these past eight years of, you know, put your... Of uh, crap. Of crap, right? Yeah. All the regulation. You need regulation. Sorry, I thought I just cut through <laughs> Through that. the crap. <laughs> yeah. You need regulation. You need regulation. You need regulation. And then uh, that's what they think. So they have no idea of a time before where, you know, and it's cyclical. Just like the locusts are cyclical, so, so is the economy. One of the things I, I always appreciate is, for example, Australia with John Howard. The Australian economy was booming just brilliantly, okay? And then they, they get tired of them. Uh, you know, they just they forget how bad it was before John Howard, right? Likewise, in Ireland, it's the same thing. The economy just ended up doing so well in the first part of the, the, 2000, the, the, the first decade of the 2000s. Uh, and they forget how bad it was before. And they say, you know, you would think they would go back to the ballot box and and, and simply con- continue to vote conservative, but uh, they uh, they don't do that. They just think, okay, well, let's give somebody else a chance right now, and forgetting that you're almost certain to go in a horrible direction if you go that way. So it's not a perfect analogy to locusts because the locusts come and actually become, provide a big food supply for the, for the um, 
for the squirrels. But you get my drift. They have no idea that it's actually cyclical. And, but if you, if you knew that it was cyclical and you saw what the cycle was, then you would discover it's like this. Conservatives come into power, um, input conservative policies. They actually implement them and execute them. And over time, sometimes quickly, sometimes not so quickly, the economy starts roaring. Okay? The unemployment goes down. Everything is good. Consumer confidence goes. We become stronger vis-a-vis the rest of the world. Those are good things. You would understand that. And then good things happen. And then somebody says, well, you know, we need to share the wealth with everyone else. And a liberal president becomes president. And they start undoing the conservative policies. Well, I think there's one step that you ha- that's worth verbalizing, which is, and then a generation comes about in the boom time that, like the squirrels, has no idea that there have been bust times before. Right. And they forget because they don't know what got us the boom times. And then they try something new because it's a new generation. Right. Let's try youth. Let's try you. You know, these are new ideas, right? Right. And they try the opposite. And that results in crap. Yeah. But they don't understand that they brought about the crap by trying something different. And they have no interest in cause and effect. They have no... You you, want to show them, can you see the pattern here, kid? Can you? Just check this out. Oh, I think a lot of adults like that. In in where we are in West LA, full of liberals who are baby boomers, they have all the information at their fingertips if they just want to open their eyes and look at it. They're simply uninterested. In many ways, life is too good for these people, and they have no reason to ever question because they're not the ones who are ever actually hurt personally by four dollar a gallon gas or high taxes. Oh, they'll just they'll just eat the cost. You know that they don't understand that that's where the homeless people around their properties are coming from the liberal policies. Which brings me to Europe. Okay? So Europe is fascinating. Uh, I was there, like I just said, for two months. And it's exactly where I want to go. So thank you for the segue. It is fascinating to me how Europeans have no idea. They they never stop to look at themselves and say, how how is it that we here in, let's say, uh, France or Germany are doing nothing. We are contributing nothing to the world. How is it that 90%, uh, sorry, our, our investment in France has decreased by 90% in the span of only 10 or 12 years? You mean the French themselves? The French themselves. Investing in their own nation. No, no. Outside investments. Oh, you mean money, entrepreneur yeah, money coming entrepreneur in? Entrepreneur money, yeah. Okay. That's just, just totally dried up. For all intents and purposes, it's dried up. Yeah. How, more importantly, how is it that our lives suck, <laughs> okay? The reason why fam- the, the French famously do not smell so good and why they're so thin. Do you know why? It's, it's so basic. Because they're all poor. Yes. Thank you. That's right. They it's, cannot, it's, they it's cannot little, afford water. Right. It's a little Cosette from Les Miserables, yes. right? Yeah, they're they're poor. Yeah. They don't even have they, crust of bread. Right. <laughs> and we, I mean, Venezuela is a much more extreme example. But there is something well, to France it. will get there. It'll get there. Yeah. So, so they're, they're poor and they're hungry. That's why they have such tiny amounts of food. Have you tried to eat? I mean, people always complain about the expense in, in French food. Well, you know what? We can actually afford it relative to them. They can't afford it. What do you think they're eating? They're eating half of that and they're sharing that with their, their wives or their boyfriends or whatever. That's the way it works over there. I know because I have some French friends. They, they, they don't even shower because that costs money. 
So I don't blame them in a sense. I mean, I, I think they could use a little bit more deodorant, but I'm sure that deodorant also costs money too. Well, you know what? Soap and hot water make you need less deodorant. It's magic. <laughs> I know, but but the it, cost are, of water is expensive. Are they expensive. also turning on the water only at like 4 p.m. after a warm day? Is I don't know. I don't know. Or? I don't care. But the point is that they don't ask themselves these questions. And I'm, you know, these are, these are easy answers. This is not a complicated answer as to why the French, you know, famously don't smell too good. And and it's it's you know, I mean, it's a joke, but it's it's really true. They don't smell good, and that's the reason why because they're not taking showers. If you took showers every day or even every other day, you wouldn't be famous for stinking. That's it's just bottom line easy answer, right? And if you were able to eat a little bit more, you wouldn't look so thin. Okay, that they're and everyone's and you're telling unhealthily thin, unhealthily. not stylishly thin. Uh, well, I'm sure stylishly thin in you know, some circumstances, but they're really thin people. It's not good. Yeah, okay? malnourished. And, yeah, yeah. And, and and liberals constantly say, well, we they, they actually point to France as though, look, they have all this brie cheese and all this you know foie gras and such like that. And those things are are very fattening food, and yet they're so thin. Yeah, you know why? Because they eat literally one bite of that foie gras. Yeah, literally. Or the Americans like me are coming in and eating it for them. <laughs> From them, yeah. yeah. So, so that's France. Germany is not much different in that department. But, you know, they never stop to ask themselves, why are we producing nothing? Why are we not growing as a civilization? Why, why, why? Nothing. And these, these Americans, they seem, to, they, you know, they seem to know their crap. They seem to know what to do. And they, uh, Ari, it's, it's fascinating how few people in Europe, there are some, but very few people say, you know what, you, you Americans, you, uh, you're awesome. That's really, I, I wish we could implement some of the concepts that you guys have in America because we're not producing anything. We, and, and they're not. The only countries that are producing something are the following three countries. Uh, and, and India is becoming uh, such a country, by the way. So maybe I should say four. So uh, America, of course, followed by Israel. Israel's patents and all sorts of great innovations are staggeringly wonderful. Then Switzerland. Switzerland, people forget, is a very capitalist country. And for its size, is is doing incredible things. And then finally, India, India like I mentioned. Not necessarily in that order, but... Uh, I'm saying that those are the four main countries. And the reason why each of those four countries are doing so well is because they don't adopt a socialist approach. In fact, they're doing everything they can to shirk off whatever socialist tendencies there may be in their respective countries. And, but they don't ask these questions. It's, it, they don't. And, but they, they know that it's better in America. That's all. They don't know why. They just... They, they, it's like it's the system stupid, right? To to use that phrase that the Clinton campaign, where he says the economy is stupid. I'm talking about it's the system stupid. You know, if you if you have a country that that rewards uh, innovation, you're going to get innovation. If you if you get a country that stifles innovation, you're not going to get innovation. That's the way it works. It's the, it's not that hard. So it's a big mystery to them. Uh, they, they think somehow that we are unfairly rich. They don't explain how, right? So we had, um, there's a very nice couple that rented uh, the, the Airbnb that we stayed in in Rome. They're very nice. And true to form, it was a very lovely couple. Um, and uh, not married, but they had, the, the girlfriend is pregnant. Okay, 
great, good for them. <laughs> like, but they, they said, they even said like uh, that they have to be married or anything else. Uh, good news, my girlfriend's pregnant. They, they, it didn't even dawn upon them. Like, well, we'll eventually get married or any marriage was not of interest at all. It's like an alien word to them. Uh, you, you might as well have expected them to say, and so we've invested it in vanilla ice cream. It has nothing to do with, with their lives, marriage. But, and he had one kid. They were going to have one kid. Uh, this one, the one that she was pregnant with. And I said, um, before I knew that, I said, uh, oh, well, hopefully you'll have uh, three kids like us. You know, good people like you. You know, you can have three or more. And, and he shook his head, oh, no, no, no. What? We are not rich like you Americans who can do that, okay? <laughs> I said, uh, you think we're rich, huh? Oh, yes, all you Americans are rich. They have this impression that all the Americans are rich. And, and we are, in a sense. We can afford much more of what they have, but we're not all rich. I, mean, I don't consider myself a rich person, maybe upper middle class, but rich? I, I don't know if I would use that word for myself. But you have two kids, and... And it, you, if you might even have a third one day, but that's not the expense factor is not what decides that for you. Uh, I would have six kids if I could, but my, my wife tells me the, the store is closed, of course. But nevertheless, expense is not the factor. But for them, they they believe in the whole population concern. They believe uh, that the children are expensive. They certainly don't believe in God. They certainly don't believe in marriage. They've, ta- they've been taught and they believe themselves that they are a parasite yes. upon the earth. Oh, that's and a that good way they, putting it. Their parasitic tendencies must be curtailed in all ways. Yeah, that's yeah. It's very let's interesting. Just yeah. Be honest about that. So, so things I liked uh, in Europe. Um, things I liked were Italy and. Uh, Switzerland, Switzerland in particular. Switzerland, I did not realize this. Maybe I should have known it. But do you know that Switzerland doesn't even have a prime minister or a president? <laughs> How do you like that? It's a purely capitalist country. It's, there's no socialism involved whatsoever. It is loosely run by ca- these things. The cantons. Uh, cantons, the con- yeah. The counties, basically. Yeah. So these cantons are in charge of everything. And that's why you have uh, Italian in one section and German. But it, it, it runs very, very nicely. The freeways are easy to access. Somehow, when they keep things local, good things happen. Everything tends to work. I wonder why yes, if we can implement little, that here. Well, there's accountability for the overhead. That's right. Because if someone is stealing from the trough, we can go burn down his house. <laughs> right? That's right. Uh, uh, the human nature of the citizenry really puts pressure on right. them not to steal from the trough. They have virtually no crime. Uh, they have virtually full employment. I don't Everyone owns a gun, and there's no Islam. Right. Those those things are all true. And there's still a cross on the flag. That's right. That's exactly right. <laughs> right. And uh, they're all prepared, and uh, they have just a very sensible way of approaching government. And they just let people... The, the more local it is, the more power it has. The, 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 state, the cantons have less power than the, the localities, the, yeah, and, the towns. And unlike your British friends or whatever those one-childers were from, they don't curtail their own behavior out of guilt or shame. They curtail their behavior by the self-control and um, self-regulation of good values. Yeah, that's exactly right. So, so I love that about Switzerland. I really do. I, I, and, and I remember one point... 
because I'm interested in the birth rate. Birth rate tells you a lot of information, right? Yeah, it tells you how uh, optimistic someone is about. It's optimistic. Everything. It also tells you about their values. Yeah. Um, so now I found that the more the more children a country has per couple, the more religious it is, the more Christian it is, in particular in Europe at least. And, and so it was true in, in uh, Switzerland. Far more Christianity is being observed in, um, in Switzerland than any other country in, uh, in Europe, as far as I'm concerned. So um, people are having on average three and a half per couple. It's awesome. And they're proud of it. Proud of it. I remember we, we did some uh, jumping in a river uh, in Thun, which is near Interlaken in Switzerland. We really had a nice time. And they're very loosey-goosey about it. You want to jump in the river, you know, here it would be totally illegal. But you can go on this famous bridge and jump into the river, and if you hurt yourself, well, that's your business, right? Uh, which I love, right? And it turns out nobody really got hurt. Everyone was just watching out for each other, and they weren't crazy or anything. And, uh, you know, not surprisingly, a lot of the people jumping, in addition to my family, were young teenagers, 16, 17 or so. And I ended up talking to one of them. I speak French, so I'm able to speak uh, meaningfully to this, this kid. And I asked, um, you know, just asked him his name and stuff like that. He seemed like a really responsible, clean-cut kid. And I said, what's uh, the state of Christianity here? How many kids uh, are born per? And, and he proudly said, we have more than three on average now. It's awesome. He was proud of it. And I, I was proud for him. I, was, I said, there's a lot of hope in this country. Now, ironically, uh, I, I had one haircut while I was away because my hair grows and it was already getting a little too long. So I, I had a haircut in the middle of the trip and it was in Switzerland <laughs> near Bern. And who cut my hair? A Syrian refugee. <laughs> so, but he was, he was a very nice guy. Um, and I asked him about the situation. You know, he's a Syrian refugee. How did you get by? Uh, yes, he was. But that's why he that's was the reason in that why. country. And, and he said... It is uh, extremely difficult to get to, to, in this country, he said. In Germany, very easy, he said, which, which you know, something that you and I both know. But that was interesting as well. The sense of work ethic in Switzerland was fantastic, completely different than everything I knew when I lived in Germany and when I lived, when I, what I know of France and England and such. Another like that. 12 weeks vacation year, another 18 months. Yeah, work is the enemy. In, in, in yeah. Switzerland, work is a friend. You know, it's a joy to, be, to work. And so, you know, the society really works in Switzerland. I mean, why would you complain if a society that is virtually fully employed doesn't seem to have too much in the way of homeless? Um, the happiness factor is very high, and they're having a lot of kids uh, without having to import uh, unskilled workers. Wouldn't you think that you've more or less succeeded? Wouldn't you declare victory and say, this system is what finally works, right? I mean, if you had a kid that was kind of having spasms all the time, right? And was, uh, and had, a, you know, the equivalent of uh, Tourette syndrome or something. And he was just irascible and horrible all the time. And then you discovered, you know, you would take him to a doctor, right? And you would try different medications. Oh, okay, that doesn't work. In fact, that, that makes it even worse, right? Then you would try that medication. No, okay, maybe, you t maybe he needs more sunlight. Oh, that works. Do you, don't you stick to that? Don't you... Say, okay, sunlight was the answer. He didn't have enough vitamin D. That's the reason. I believe there's been an episode. But, 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 that, but that's yeah. what I can't understand, Ari. It gets me so angry. 
Oh, of course. When, when there's the clear answer right in front of them. And Switzerland is an example. America is an example. Israel is an example. Hong Kong. Hong Kong. It's right there. It, this is not experimental. We've had it for literally hundreds of years. And you still want to run away from it. And not only that, but socialism has failed every single freaking time that it has been tried. And you still move forward with it? You still race toward it? Are you an idiot? That's, what I, that's why I'm angry. What? If you were a parent to that kid that I just described, and you knew that sunlight worked in my example, of course, and you purposefully hit him away from the sunlight... Wouldn't you be mocked? Wouldn't you be held accountable as a child abuser? Why aren't these, these uh, Antifa people and these lefties, the wrongists, as you like to call them, why aren't they held accountable? Right. How is, I, and I have the same reaction. I say over and over again, and you know, I, I think every day you realize how non-extreme the statement is. The, de- the modern Democrat in America is the most dangerous human being in the history of the world. Yeah. The most evil human. Because we have the most to lose, and they're th- doing everything they can to throw it away. Yeah. Let alone not protect it. And, and what an evil it is to throw away the first world civilization, right. modernity. All that's good. All that... I mean, I... I daily look out this world and I imagine what the past was like in every where I go. Yeah, I think, I think I, the same. I think about what it was like a hundred years ago, a thousand years ago, five thousand years ago, and now there were human beings who had my same emotions and perceptions living in these places with just a lack of knowledge and a lack of luxury. When things like cable TV, cell phones, air conditioning, etc. And I think, my God, don't we owe it to them to preserve what has been achieved? Yeah. Are we shitting on them, excuse my French, on this family-friendly show when we, when we crap on our own modernity and say, well, we, you know, we white guilt, liberal guilt, wealthy guilt, you know, let's environmental, say, guilt, environmental yeah. guilt, let's throw this all away. Let's return to a time of, I call it, savagery. Wouldn't, right. the, wouldn't the savage for 5,000 years ago, if he was here right now, go, what the hell are you doing? Right. I was working to capture animals, to build canoes, so to we wouldn't have to crap. do that yeah. anymore. Yeah, this is, yeah it, it is so clear as a bell that somehow their way, that, that, and it's a fanciful notion, right? It's, it's a utopia, that somehow we should return to some sort of Eden where we weren't using electricity, weren't using air conditioning, and everything, we always, we grew from the land, and we ate from the land, and we lived harmoniously. Where was that, please? Please, pray tell. Where did that ever exist? Right. Right? So it's, it's a... Totally, Other than on a college campus right, today. Right, of course, yes, yes. Uh, naturally. Totally artificially induced. And uh, they don't care about that. Uh, and it's the same thing as socialism. They, I saw this great cartoon. Maybe you and I shared it with each other, but... You see these two men, it's a cartoon, two men holding up a giant fork, okay, and there's a giant electric socket, right, and they're about to put the fork prongs into this electric socket, right, and the... the, and the electric socket is called the economy. That's no. The, 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 the socket is called socialism, and the fork. Uh, no, 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 so, no. The, you're right. The, the, the socket fork, is the called fork, the economy. The yeah. fork is stick called socialism. Me. You'll go places yeah. if you just stick with me. So the fork is socialism. This giant fork, and the the electric socket is the economy. And one says to to the other, says, you know, hey, isn't this dangerous? And the other says, no, that's because we 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 always put it in the wrong way. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, no, it's always going to kill you. There's never a time that you put a fork in 
no matter how um, daintily you put it in, whether you put it in vertically or horizontally oh, or the first side, prong or yeah. two prongs or one prong, you're going to die. Okay? That's what, it's going to blow up the economy. And they just never understand this. Yeah, and also we've we've done an episode. It's one of my favorites. Conversations we should be having and conversations yes. we should. This is uh, arguing about tax policy, economic policy, are not conversations we should be having. Right. Well, we, like we said in those episodes, we should be talking about God. Yeah. How do we connect with God? How do we discover what our purpose in the universe is? How do we get from here to there between the stars? Right. How do we achieve uh, light speed travel? How do we achieve anti-gravity devices? Right. How do we alleviate all the problems of humanity with you know, massive food development, massive housing development, not Agenda 21, but, you know, good right. development. How do we feed more people, clothe more people, make more people happy? Yeah, but socialism happy. is the way to take happy people and make them starve, right. like in Venezuela. How do you not see that, you idiots? Right. They don't see it. They don't want to see it. They don't it's, care. It's easier to not see yeah. it. And it's much easier to conclude like that English couple and any other ca- college campus idiot. Well, humanity is just a parasite and uh, good. Let's depopulate right. ourselves. That'll solve the problem. Right. There, there's no thinking to it. But look, uh, there's only one way to look at this. The only way to look at it is to, to ask yourself what works and what doesn't work at the end of the day. Right, and the, the vitamin D situation I talk, with the sunlight I talked to you about, yeah. and of course capitalism working as the best effective tool for any economy and for the advancement of, of civilization. It, it depends. It, it gets to a point that when you uh, consistently reject the, the answers that you profess to want, uh, such as the betterment of mankind and such like that, and when you consistently reject it knowing, or should, should knowing, that it's going to lead to utter destruction. That's when you begin to suspect that, you know what? Maybe you want the utter destruction, okay? And I hold you in contempt for doing that, my, my leftist and wrongest friends. I'm Barack Lurie. Thanks for listening. We'll talk with you next week.